course, the larger goal is for us to reach herd immunity. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the end game of vaccination. But in the meantime, while supplies are limited, our highest priority really should be those seniors. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis on the Air continues right after this. I'm Emily Woodbury, senior producer for St. Louis on the Air. Before today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. Our team works hard to provide nuance on the news that shapes your life and your community. And we wouldn't be able to do this without your support. The money you give to St. Louis Public Radio helps fund our podcast. So please go to stlpr.org donate and give an amount that works for you. Your contribution, along with that of your neighbors, is what fuels St. Louis on the air. And we're really grateful. Thank you for your support. It's not news at this point that there have been serious flaws in Missouri's vaccine rollout. Countless St. Louis residents have reported driving hours to get their shot. This Monday, another half million Missouri residents became eligible for vaccination. And yesterday, Governor Mike Parson announced the state would rapidly cycle through another tier before opening up vaccinations to all adults on April 9th. So what does that mean for people in previous tiers who haven't yet secured their vaccine? That situation is the subject of a recent report by Alex Smith. He's a healthcare reporter for KCUR, and he joins us today to talk about what he's learned. Alex Smith, welcome. Good morning, Sarah. So, Alex, Governor Parson had a big announcement yesterday. What reason did he give for opening up another new tier on March 29th and then the whole state just two weeks later? Well, that's right. The governor said that uh, he wants to expand eligibility to a lot more workers and a bigger chunk of the population. Uh, He says that the state right now is expecting that about 40 percent of Missourians won't seek vaccines. And so he says that, you know, as they get more and more vaccine supplies, they really want to assure that there are, you know, enough people in line, enough people to ready ready to go to get that those vaccines as soon as they become available. Hmm. So you published a story earlier this week that suggested a large number of people in that very first tier still haven't been vaccinated. Is he trying to say they don't want to be vaccinated? Well, uh, not exactly. Uh, I mean, what, what you're referring to is uh, the the people who are 65 and older and a lot of the people with pre-existing conditions. And in my story that, that came out earlier this week, uh, I looked at state data that shows that actually just about 50 percent of people 65 and older uh, have not been gotten, have not gotten the vaccine yet. Hmm. Uh, you know, we've got about 600,000 people. Um, and, and he says, you know, that, that they want these people to get the vaccine. But but I think, you know, in, in Missouri's uh, sort of strategy. They really want to push ahead with, you know, getting all of the workers who are eager to get the vaccine, at, you know, to get it in their arms as quickly as possible. So what happens to these hundreds of thousands of, of older adults and also people with pre-existing conditions? It seems like they are most vulnerable to COVID-19. What happens to them when they're now in the middle of a free-for-all? Well, that's right. And uh, yeah, I have been speaking with a lot of seniors and, and advocates and healthcare experts in the last week or so who have a lot of concerns about what will happen with these people. You know, as we've all seen across the state, um, you know, the, the way this is rolling out is, you know, you have to sign up for all of these different waiting lists, you know, run by different health departments or pharmacies or hospitals or whoever the vaccinator might be and, you know, wait for your turn and, and jump on it. And, and if you're lucky, you'll be able to get, you know, a vaccine appointment, you know, within the first 
first you know couple minutes when those uh, vaccine appointments are, are actually available they you know they, they disappear within 10 minutes sometimes mm-hmm. and so you know these seniors people who don't necessarily have internet access or don't necessarily have the internet skills you know they, they can really be left out you know they and yeah I guess there's a lot of concern among the advocates and the seniors themselves about if we are adding all of these other people you know this week about a half a million additional people looking for vaccines where is that going to leave all of these older people who, who aren't necessarily able to, to jump on and, and, and get after those appointments as quickly as everybody else might be able to. Hmm. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Chad Davis, uh, he has a great story. It's now live on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. He covered a newly expanded initiative in St. Louis County that brings vaccines to people who are homebound. Uh, he talked to Dawn Chapman. She's a commissioner on the Committee for Disabilities. Her volunteer role includes working at a vaccine clinic to register people, check them in, get them scheduled for their second doses, and then also make sure that they can get their appointments. You know, when you're working like we are right now, checking people in, it's very clear that a lot of the people that we're getting probably should be homebound, right? They're really struggling. And on a day like today when the weather's horrible, we're all sitting here panicking because we can't see the parking lot from where we've been put. So we have no ability to help these people. You know, and call a ride and Uber, they will not help people into or out of vehicles. So so that's our biggest fear today is as we're looking at our roster and how many doses we have, you know, I'm like, oh, oh we've got a lot of people over 65 with medical conditions. What are we going to do if the weather gets bad and they can't get out of their car? You know, I mean, or if they're too scared because they don't know if there's somebody to help them and they miss their shot. And that is Dawn Chapman. She's a volunteer with St. Louis County. And again, they're expanding this initiative to bring vaccines to homebound people. They're going to have local fire departments administering those shots. But that's obviously such a small percentage of the people that we're talking about here, Alex, these older people who have not yet been able to secure vaccinations. What kind of steps are people taking um, in other jurisdictions or that you've heard about that are aiming to help these people and, and make sure they don't get lost in the shuffle? Well, I have actually been hearing also from from some local groups who are trying to step up and, you know, offer people rides, do what they can. I mean, in fact, in the last week, I have even been contacted just by a few listeners who have told me, you know, that they want to help. If they, Can they give somebody a ride or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, we're dealing with, you know, not just a big group of people, but with a lot of individuals who each have their own individual needs. So they're not necessarily that well served by these big mass or, or mega events where, where they might have to stand in line for a long time or, or, you know, have a big trip away from their home where where they're not necessarily very comfortable. Do the experts that you talk to, do they feel that Governor Parson shouldn't be opening up these other tiers as, as fast as he is at this point? Well, actually, yeah, most of the healthcare experts who I have spoken with, they say that, you know, of course, the larger goal is for us to reach herd immunity. I mean, that that's kind of the, the end game of vaccination. But in the meantime, while supplies are limited, our highest priority really should be those seniors, because those are the people who are at risk for, you know, more severe disease, potentially hospitalization, and maybe even death. So it's really kind of, you know, on on the, the organizers of this to make sure that those people really get prioritized first, that 
they're the ones who get the doses first. Hmm. We got an email from our listener, Jim, who lives in Bridgeton. He writes, over the last couple weeks, I've been encountering many people who have, quote, jumped the queue by going out state to rural communities. A college freshman who volunteers at the same animal shelter as I do came in on spring break and said she got her shot a couple weeks ago. I was on a conference call today with people from my work where vaccines were discussed and found out that a number of them, uh, one for sure under age 40 and none under age 50, mentioned that they had gotten their vaccines by driving a couple of hours to an outstate location. None of these people have any underlying health conditions that I know of, or they could have been vaccinated locally. Uh, Jim also adds another serious issue is the under-vaccination of communities of color. Many minorities may not have the ability to travel outstate because of time off or transportation issues. Alex, I think he raises a couple of, of good points. The way that this vaccine rollout has gone, it seems like seniors and it seems like people who, who are lower income um, or have transit issues, they might be the least likely to have been able to get in on things the way they currently stand. Oh, that's right. I mean, I think in both Kansas City and St. Louis, we have the same phenomenon of, of people just kind of having to take these little mini road trips to get to these events outside of the city where, you know, maybe a, a larger percentage has already been vaccinated or there just isn't quite the demand. Um, and, and so, but that's something, of course, you, you can only do if, if you're in the, the privilege of, of being able to take the time off work, if you have a, a vehicle. I mean, if you can take a lot of steps that are a lot more difficult for somebody who is older, who, who may be lower income, who might not have have the flexibility that that a lot of other people do. So as this moves forward, and again, more and more people are going to become eligible here very quickly, um, are there things that, that hospitals are doing to make sure that their vaccines are going to the most needy as opposed to just anybody whose tier might be up? Well, to be honest, we have had heard some criticism from from some leaders here in Kansas City about how the hospitals have approached this, mm. and, and you know maybe they are not necessarily providing those in in sort of an equi- equitable way, like you know that, that has been hoped. Um, but I think we have seen, you know, like we mentioned before, some of these uh, advocacy groups, some of these groups, kind of reaching out to seniors who you know are, are hopeful that they'll be able to uh, you know kind of bring seniors up in the queue a little bit and get them with doses. Uh, but I, I guess sort of the, the big concern now is as we're opening up more and more of these tiers and, you know, it's now looking like, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, April that, that we're going to open it up to everyone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then where will that leave these seniors, especially if we still have some questions about what the supplies will be? I mean, the supplies do seem, you know, the state leaders are saying that the supplies will open up a lot, but, but you know, it's just a question about how much that will actually be. Hmm. So as, as you and I have both touched on, both St. Louis and Kansas City have been vocal about the fact that they feel like they've been shorted by the state's distribution. Do you think that is leading to some changes in these recent weeks? Uh, I think we heard that you guys were now getting a a large uh, clinic at, at one of your stadiums. Is that right? Uh, that's right. Actually, right now, as we speak at Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play, there's a big mass event where I think the goal is somewhere between 6,000 or maybe even up to 8,000 doses. Uh, as I understand, all the appointments have been taken. So hmm. so it appears that there are a lot of people who are very interested in that. But um, in, in the last couple of weeks, the state has sort of indicated a, at least a little bit of a change in strategy where they are going to start sending more doses based on the number of eligible people who haven't been vaccinated yet. So 
you know, if you look at the data, that would mean Kansas City and, and St. Louis. Um, but, I, you know, I guess, again, we'll have to just sort of see exactly how that plays out. Alex, the last thing I wanted to make sure to talk to you about today is you mentioned a figure earlier. Governor Parson is saying 40 percent of people he believes are, are vaccine hesitant or, or don't even want this vaccine. Is that in line with numbers that you've seen elsewhere? Well, it's my understanding that that comes from some surveying that was done kind of toward the start of the year by the Missouri Hospital Association. And um, to be honest, I'm actually kind of looking into that a little bit more right now for for a story that I'm working on. But Mm. um, yeah, at the time they were saying, uh, you know, about 40 percent of people said that they would not seek the vaccine. And but when you look at some of the federal polling that has been done since then, or, or at least national level polling, it does seem like there is more interest in this, more people who, you know, feel comfortable, maybe now that they're seeing their their friends or neighbors or other people getting the vaccine. So, yeah, I, I think I personally am kind of curious, sort of where, where does that stand right now? What What's the vaccine hesitancy like in, in Missouri? Yeah. And is that going to actually stop people from getting it or are they just going to wait it out? It sounds like that's something you're going to be looking into um, in your as your reporting continues. That's right. Well, KCUR healthcare reporter Alex Smith, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing what you've learned about this. Uh, Good to be with you. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, you can find Alex's story on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. I also mentioned a story earlier um, from our reporter, Chad Davis, that got into that unique initiative happening in St. Louis County where they're vaccinating homebound people. I want to also encourage you to check that out on our website. Again, that's stlpublicradio.org. One more thing about vaccines before we get to our break here. I know a lot of people still have questions about the vaccine, everything from how well they work against coronavirus mutations to which activities vaccinated people can do safely. And so on Tuesday's show, we will pose your questions to an infectious disease physician at St. Louis University's Center for Vaccine Development. And we want to hear from you. What do you want to know about COVID-19 vaccines? You can send your questions to talk at stlpublicradio.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 314-516-6397. Again, that's 314-516-6397. And if I went through that too quickly, just look for our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page or Twitter account, and you can also find ways to contact us through that. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. More reporting from the St. Louis on the Air team is available at stlpublicradio.org. And be sure never to miss a conversation by subscribing to our podcast. You can find St. Louis on the Air on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts on the App Store. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hempel, Lara Hamden, Emily Woodbury, and Alex Hoyer. The audio engineer is Aaron Dorr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.